My name is Josh Schneider, and you're listening to Thoughtful Discussions, and I'm here with... Brogan McGowan. Uh, my pronouns are they and them, and I am here on Thoughtful Discussions with Josh Snyder. Let's do it. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm fantastic. Good. So tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do. Well, um, a little bit about myself. Um, I'm somebody who really enjoys um, going with the flow okay. of life and energies and my environment um, and what I do is um, I find ways to live like that uh, and approach life through that perspective yeah. um, and make an income off of it okay <laughs> to sustain that life because <laughs> yeah. um, you kind of have to in this world right right <laughs> and you also I've seen you doing fundraising for different things as well yeah so what Give me an example of some things that you've done some fundraising for. Yeah. Okay. So um, that's a that's a better question. That's yeah. A little more specific. Thank okay. you. <laughs> um, so for me, w that that sort of bigger picture idea of um, you know the way that I, I go about my life and just sort right. of moving with things has mm -hmm. I'm really informed a lot of the work that I do that is um, that ends up looking like a fundraiser. Yeah. Um, and what that means for me is that um, I, I I work with a lot of different entities all throughout the city. Gotcha. Um, including in the city of Pittsburgh specifically, mm -hmm. um, and that also is a national level. Um, gotcha. um, all throughout the country of the United States, um, haven't got international yet, but we'll see where that goes. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, but really, what that looks like is working with um, nonprofits, mm -hmm. um, government agencies um, from state and federal different governments okay. um, at, at different structural levels where there's. Um, different grant opportunities, um, and then you know also within private private industry of private businesses and private relationships and private partnerships. Got you. Um, so for me, that navigation ends up looking like and turning into things where I bring a lot of people together mm -hmm. um, to to groups or events that look like fundraisers and are fundraisers where people are taking um, their money and investing it into some really great causes. Got you. Um, so, you know, I think if you're interested, I, I, you know, if you're curious about some specific stuff about here in Pittsburgh, yeah. happy to talk about that. Okay. Um, but yeah, really, that's kind of like a crazy collaboration of a lot of other things, too. Got so. it. So, give me, like, your top five um, different, whether it's, like, events or things that you fundraise for, even just, like, categories. Like, yeah. So, what, what is the, what's the ebb and flow? Totally. Okay, yeah. so I'll break down kind of the yeah. approach of, like, what's going on here in Pittsburgh. So um, I, about five years ago, um, started approaching um, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania from my hometown okay. um, and thinking about you know, why I, as somebody who identified as a non-binary person, couldn't mm -hmm. find a lot of um, some sort of like basic needs around um, community that was organizing around housing, et cetera, et cetera, all, all the way through the gamut of what people do to live their lives. Um, and that sort of got me into the direction of working with folks, um, specifically what used to be the Pittsburgh AIDS Task Force, okay. um, now Allies for Health and Wellbeing. Um, and they are Southwestern Pennsylvania's largest provider of okay. um, HIV specialty services um, that are human-based services, but also have expanded into primary medical care services. Cool. Um, and they serve um, a really, really large population of people um, here in southwestern Pennsylvania. So that was sort of an introduction of like the first place that I got into here in Pittsburgh cool. that was an LGBTQIA sort of focused space. Cool. Just a side note, about five years ago, I did, um, there was a, they do an event at the end of the year, mm -hmm. Pittsburgh Age Task Force, and um, they, I did 
I did the photography for that event. No way. Yeah. Oh, cool. So I don't know if you were there or not, but no, I was like all the volunteers and everything, and um, I was just walking around with the camera, shooting the shooting the event, shooting the crowd and people walking around and stuff like that. So it was fun. Yeah, um, they so do a huge fundraiser yeah. every year. They right. do. I think what is. Um, it has been branded now for two years called the Allies Ball. Okay. Um, and I think that's going to continue on. Cool. Um, yeah, so they're a great organization. I yeah. no longer am employed with them. I no longer gotcha. work with them. But, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, something that is important about me and my work is that, I, you know, I carry everything that I do along with me. Gotcha. Um, and those gotcha. folks are doing some incredible work. So they were an introduction to awesome. um, that space here in Pittsburgh. Cool. Tell me a little Tell me a little more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So opening that that door um, yeah. led to introductions to different community-based organizations like the Persad Center down yep. in Lawrenceville off of Butler Street. Yep. Um, that's Pittsburgh. Yeah, the Pittsburgh Equality Center that is now or used to be, I think, um, the Pittsburgh GLC. I'm not sure, but mm -hmm. more importantly, it's the Pittsburgh Equality Center now. Um, the Central Outreach folks, Central yeah. Outreach Wellness folks, yep. um, that a whole another team that's just absolutely fantastic, doing a whole different um, sort of outreach methodology around yep. how they provide care with their large, um, you know, it's like a camper that they pull out and drive all over the city, which is pretty yes. amazing. And I know they take it as far as West Virginia too, Did so they? doing like crazy amounts of outreach. Um, so anyway, that was kind of an introduction, and mm -hmm. that's sort of like the that's really you know thinking about who I am and what I do. Um, I'm just kind of a learner. I love to Good. get into spaces and sort of grow on that. And cool. um, that growth has led to a lot of introductions and a lot of different yeah. work within a gambit of um, gotcha. industries, a gambit of communities and groups. And yeah. So would you say you kind of see outside the box and try to create a little bit more than what's kind of already happening? Is that is that how like how have you kind of succeeded in in expanding that? Because it it seems seems like for me, you, anyone can get into that space, but to really like do something more with it, you have to kind of go the extra mile or do, what's, how do you see that and how do you kind of make it, what's your special touch to it? Yeah, I've been um, challenged with this a little bit. It's a yeah? great question, because um, okay. I think it is one that I think has a lot of, at least for me and my body, um, there's a lot of privilege in where um, I'm finding space to have that energy to gotcha. do what I do. Yep. Um, so I break that down um, and when I think about that question. Hmm. And I think about, um, I've been allowed a lot of privileges because of the body that I'm in, mm -hmm. um, that I, um, some co I, I kind of have the space to create some sort of contentious relationships. Gotcha. Um, or I have a lot of space to create conflict and then resolution to happen. Where for some people that might not necessarily be the case. Right. Um, so for me, there's a lot of room in relationship development and relationship growth. Yeah. Um, so um, I guess I bring that up because um, I think that that is an important part of breaking down how I've been able to do this so well and yeah. so easily for myself. Gotcha. Um, and I don't think that that is something that is, um, uh, I, I don't think I could have done, I can't, I, I wouldn't be doing it so well without that. Gotcha. Um, so for me. That makes, that makes perfect sense. And mm -hmm. that is a very good outlook on it, I think. Yeah. Very thoughtful the way to, to perception. Thanks. Yeah. Um, you know, it is what it is. And I think that w the way that I look at that perspective is that um, in that space that I've had, um, my, one of the most exciting things for me, yeah. um, and where I get to keep growing that and sort of finding space and 
what I think you were talking about looking outside of the box is. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, it's kind of like looking within the box of like, okay. how do I participate in this space Interesting. so well that yeah. I can start to bring other people into that space right. that can really start to deconstruct it. Um, and I think that for me, that's been successful because what that demonstrates is a, a really like strong commitment to the relationship growth that's about to happen. Right. Um, and I, you know, I'm just very lucky and fortunate to recognize that privilege and understand it in a way that I can really do it in a constructive way, in a right. structural way. That it, I really do believe that it helps make some space. Interesting. Um, so yeah, got you. So that's a so an interesting. I, I always try to compare kind of like what I'm doing um, in my space and and then what anyone that I'm interviewing, one of my what my guests are kind of doing. So. To compare, so anyone that, that has never listened before um, to the podcast, I'm an entrepreneur. I've been doing it for 12 years, and uh, I have a, this business is called Flower City Printmakers. We're in Pittsburgh, and we do all kinds of paper, stickers, banners, printing, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I'm in a business where it's been around for decades, and it's very, I already know kind of what I am and what I'm doing. And I'm trying to look, it's actually a dying industry. So I'm trying to figure out where it's gonna go. Do I, do I go into marketing? Do I go into Instagram? Do I go into, you know, and figure out how I can make, I mean, print is always gonna be special. So people are always gonna want wedding invitations. People are always gonna want signage. There's certain things that are never gonna die off. But where I can circle this back around to you is that I'm looking outside the box because I already know what's in it. Where for you and your industry, it is a lot more questionable as to what is it actually because it's something that's has so far to grow and so much more to develop yeah so that's pretty awesome to be able to like to to do that that's i think that that's very valuable as a, as a skill set to to kind of um adapt with it like you said very go with the flow and and that's uh i think that to compare the two it's um they might be more opposite but they do have some similarities yeah, I totally yeah. hear you. I think um, for me, uh, I, I I don't necessarily. I think what's fun <laughs> is I can't talk about it in a whole lot of depth, but because okay. um, it would take too much time. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, part of my identity as a non-binary person is that um, a lot of the times it's really difficult for me to think in terms of binary things and mm. binary logics. Um, gotcha. So that like that's really embodied in a lot of the ways that I you know think about the world. Um, and it's funny the way that you just talked about, you know, your perspective and mm -hmm. my perspective kind of as if they were like two different things okay. Well, I think sure. they're like one in the same, you know, so like I totally think that and believe not just think I believe that it is um, true mm -hmm. that and, and there's so much knowledge and to know and to learn and I have so much to learn oh. and to know about being, you, you yeah. know, in that space of knowing the industry. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, for me, I've just always sort of lived in a space where um, no matter if I'm in that grain of what's happening, yeah. I still am something, for some reason, my energy and my perspective is something that's outside of the box. Gotcha. Um, so for me, I've started to really try to process what that means. And like, if I'm always on the outside of the box, what does it look like to really be inside the box and, right. and create space for that? where I'm not gonna know what is inside the box all the time. Like, and that's Absolutely. not really gonna be what my role is. Um, gotcha. So really trying to think about how to create that outside space as part of 
um, a, a not so binary relationship. Right. Um, gotcha. Yeah, so gotcha. I like the way you said it, but it, I definitely think about it differently. Yeah. Interesting. So where, how do you, what was the point where you decided that this is what you wanted to do? Mm. I didn't. Um, yeah, that's the best. Yeah. That's the best. I did not. Um, I would say when I was really young, I guess, um, and I think that um, it wasn't until, you know, I was a couple years into my adulthood of mm -hmm. realizing that it was um, sort of a character trait almost, like it was gotcha. a, like an embodiment in a, in a passive sort of process that right. um, I was doing without necessarily consciously doing, yeah. um, and I think really most of what my career has been, and if, you know, it, you know, thinking about that or other ways that I've organized my life, it's really just been trying to understand what that process is. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, for me, from a very young age, I've always been working. I remember when I was like six years old, mm -hmm. um, I had heard that the um, roller skating rink, and it was called Pancake, it's in um, Washington County. Okay. Um, and I heard this rumor that Pancake was gonna go out of business. So I decided as a six-year-old that I was gonna walk around some affluent neighborhood and just try to collect money to save it from going under. Right. So I raised like $300 <laughs> in like less than five hours on a Sunday morning when like no one was home because everybody's at church in Washington County on a Sunday morning. Yep. And I immediately take it to um, Pancake Skate and World later that day. And the people who were like at the register with my mom, my mom's like all proud of me because I'm just like this crazy little kid. <laughs> she's like, I, you know, she's freaking out about not knowing that it's closing and we go there all the time. And they're, yeah. they're not closing, but they end up like taking the money. Yeah. And I was still just like the people were so confused about why this was a rumor that I and, and just kind of dumbfounded that I brought three hundred dollars to give gotcha. them towards their rent. Gotcha. Um, but I don't know. I just like even from like a young kid, like I would hear a problem. and It was like, oh, well, let me go fix it. Like, let me right. let me just be a part of whatever that problem is like. Got you. So. Um, it's just been a long process of being like, where's the problem, mm -hmm. and how can I be a part of the problem gotcha. to try to understand it. I don't really care about fixing it. I just really want to understand it, and I think that that, um, that energy, yeah. a part of that process, mm -hmm. leads to a more positive result right. in terms of you know, participation or human experience. Or right. No, <laughs> that's, that's very interesting. I mean, you don't have a lot of people that are willing to kind of get their hands dirty or get involved in, mm -hmm. uh, you know, sometimes especially when, when someone's at a point where they need help. So that's always valuable to have in the community, Yeah, I think. Um, I agree. Thank you. So if you, I don't know about this question, you can tell me, you can tell me no, but there, I'm sure are thousands of people that don't understand, don't know, or you know, they, they hear the they, them, um, and they don't know how to react to it, or because they're not sure about it, they're just like, oh, that's dumb. Mm -hmm. So do you feel, like, could I ask you, what does it mean to you, and how, like, when someone who didn't grow up with that, or, or you know, they they grew up with just a regular, um, you know, upbringing, what would, I think you know what I'm trying to ask. Yeah. It's hard, it's a hard, to, hard question to. Thanks for trying to ask. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's a good question. Okay. Um, and I think that uh, the best way to say it is, um, you also said something that was a little interesting about, and it's just sort of the way that we're programmatically right. designed. I know, I know. But you, you know, you said something where it was like, um, you know, a regular yeah. life. You know, right. and it, like I, so, you know, I. 
think for me, where I spoke about earlier, the privilege yeah. that I have, is yeah, yeah. I have like a lot of room for that kind of stuff. I have a right. lot of tolerance for those kind of things and those interactions in that space. Right. Um, well, for some people, that might not necessarily be the case, um, where there hasn't okay. been so much liberty where that's happening. Right. So to answer your question, um, I think it's totally, I think it's a total human thing to do. I think yeah. um, most of our world is organized around thinking um, that this identity and that this space doesn't necessarily exist yeah. um, and it, that's real um, so I get it um, but what it means is I was um, I, I appear physically masculine mm -hmm. um, and so for me I was assigned male at birth so that's an AMAB person um, or an AFAB person someone that's assigned female at birth um, so what that is is someone's like sexual um, identity being totally pulled from their gender identity and now we're just talking about gender right so gotcha. which is like a, a that's what we're really focusing on so i think a gotcha. lot of times people confuse sexuality and gender right um but what we're talking about with a non-binary identity is really just the gender so like yeah. identifying somebody's space in terms of what their body is and what that might be um biologically physically in terms of male versus female, right. um, but not necessarily in reference to the, the spectrum of what a gender presentation is or a gender identity can look like. Um, so for me, as someone who identifies as non-binary, um, I, in the presentation of the pronouns and the preference, the pronouns they, them, I personally um, don't find a lot of power in any pronouns, but um, it's important to identify myself as a person that uses pronouns of they, them, because I think it's really important for all of us to go through a process of deconstructing this world around gotcha. us, gotcha. Um, of gender presentation and gender mm -hmm. spectrums that are really binary, right. um, because I think that they're really toxic. And I think gotcha. that um, I personally have experienced a ton, a ton of space around it that's really negative. Um, right. So for me, um, I appreciate the most um, when people who are curious or they don't understand Simply ask, because um, it's not a harmful thing to do. Right. Um, it's a welcome gesture. Okay. Um, kindness is always yeah. appreciated. Um, and I, I, I kind of forget why we don't really trust that anymore with one another. Um, so yeah, I, I think that um, asking and being curious is really good as long as you're willing to learn. And right. um, you know, for me, that's that's just the the most welcome space to it. And cool. Um, I don't think that. Um, that should be a blanket term for everybody's experience that identifies as non-binary, but right. I would say that that's a you know a pretty positive way to approach it. Is it's not going to be the same, and nobody's right. going to have the same answer. I'm going to give gotcha. you a different one every time. Yeah. So always feel free to ask. Cool. Appreciate that. Yeah, totally. So um, just to bounce off of that, so I have a five-year-old son, mm -hmm. and uh, he he likes JoJo Siwa. I don't know if you know who that is. Teen preteen pop star oh and great. She, she sells stuff at Target and she has um, these like big eight inch pose and he wanted one that, like big rainbow one like puts it on his head I think it's hilarious like Amazing. I would never shame him for it also like I don't think like because he's a he's a kid he's not like a sexual being mm -hmm. so like I don't think that there should be really anything assigned to him as far as like oh no you're there are some things like, hey, you're a boy, you need to go to the boys' room. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because, like, that's for now, at least until you can stand up for yourself and make those decisions. Like, this is this is what it is, you know? <laughs> but when he does make those decisions for himself, those are his decisions, and then I'll support him however he goes. But, like, I try to leave 
a lot of space, his mom and I both, give him a lot of space to, you know, wear makeup and try things out and, you know, he loves pink, pink everything. <laughs> and I think there's a lot of parents that they get afraid of that early on mm. and, and they're just like, no, you're not getting that. They kind of just like push towards a certain direction. And I think it's important to, to let that freedom kind of, um, I'm hoping that however he grows up, he's not going to think, you know, I was pushed in a, in a certain way and I was, I was made to think a certain thing. It's just very open, fluid, see what happens, and, you know, try to direct him as much as I can to what I'm, I think is right, but leave space for, you know, what, what else there could be because I've been wrong before, that kind of thing. I think that's a great way to approach that. Thank you. Yeah, I really Thank do. You. Um, I definitely can resonate with your, your kiddo, um, yeah. as somebody who grew up, you know, running around wearing dresses <laughs> yeah. and like uh, cutting off the hair of Barbie dolls and gluing them to my face so that I would have longer hair all over. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing, but I was exploring something. Um, right. and I think for me and my own learning journey, and this is different for everybody, um, and I, I, I can't imagine the pressure of what that feels like as a parent. I can right. experience it as somebody who has gone through it and sort of had to try to communicate it to a parent. Yeah. Um, but I can't imagine what that feels like, you know, trying to provide that space. And I think, you know, the best thing that you can do is realize and recognize and like pay tribute to what that process is gonna be. Right. You know, and never really create boundaries or space. And it's funny that you brought up bathrooms because for me, yeah. one of the things that I would like love to see, and I, I think is possible here in Pittsburgh, yeah. but I would love for any like federal or state funded, city, city specific, like city specific grant yeah. programs, anything that's happening in the city, if they get money from the city of Pittsburgh, their bathrooms should be gender neutral. I would love to see that happen. Yeah. Um, so, you know, kind of a, kind of a goal of mine, but really what that means for me is, you know, thinking about what you said for um, your younger, your younger person is, um, thinking about like the, the identity of non-binary, like mm -hmm. from in a space where, you know, non-binary means that whenever you have male and female, it's not like the center spot, you know, mm -hmm. it's not like trans in a way where it, it comes down, you know, a spectrum of masculine or feminine. It's a space where it really intentionally dismisses all of that. Gotcha. So it means that, you know, like there's never going to be a solution where there's that bathroom or that bathroom. Right. Actually, if you had like 10 bathrooms, <laughs> that would still be a problem. Right. Like, you know, so even if you broke it down, even as farther as you could go, you could use as many words as you want. Right. It's really not ever going to be satisfactory. Um, so, you know, thinking about like the institutional things like that, where, yeah. you know, somebody would have to make a choice of a public system mm -hmm. and have to make a binary choice of something that's public, it's just automatically going to be exclusionary. So, right. you know, I think about that a lot and I think about how, you know, it's so complicated and that's not your job right. <laughs> you know, right. to do as a parent, but it's crazy to think about, you know, all of that responsibility. So I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine. I mean, if they were all just bathrooms, then what's the problem? Right. Yeah. But I'm sure there's a million arguments for why that could be a problem. And I hear all of them. They're all valid. Gotcha. Yeah. So what's the um, what's the most thing, most recent thing you've been ra raising funds for? Oh gosh. Okay. So I have been working with a couple um, different spaces, like I had said here in Pittsburgh, for quite some time now. Much shorter of a time than many other people. Mm -hmm. So there are many veterans in this city that are doing yeah. some amazing work. Like some of your neighbors that just moved up the street. 
Um, I'm not going to drop any names on any people, um, but there are um, some really great other organizations within the LGBTQIA space that are right here in Bloomfield um, yeah. doing some awesome, awesome things. Um, and, you know, I, I've been raising money specifically recently for private spaces for um, transgender and non-binary housing to take place. Gotcha. Um, and I'm, I decided to do this a couple months ago in a really aggressive way where I'm testing out some things on social media, I'm testing out some relationship with foundations and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, and it's an intentional effort to say that I don't really want to have any sort of um, relationship with the rest of the LGB spectrum <laughs> when it gotcha. comes to this, um, this space. And I think that um, that's a really intentional effort to start to really help communicate that um, gender identities are separate from sexual identities. They're one in the same umbrella when it comes to the advocacy of human rights. Right. But when it comes to the, the space of service um, services and human-based um, interaction, it's a very different space. Um, so, you know, for me, I, I really wanted to start to communicate that in a way where that space was held as a space that needed its own space. Um, and I don't really believe that that can happen without the investment of private um, investment. I don't think that um, what I've witnessed and what my experience has been within nonprofit um, organizations, private organizations, or even federal or state organizations in terms of agency services um, that have sought to do the job to provide services to the LGBTQI spectrum, I do not think that they're even remotely in a position to serve the transgender and non-binary experience in any capacity. Um, and that's a really frustrating statistic. It's not something that I just believe. It's like a real truth. Right. Um, you know, so um, it, it's backed by some 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 really significant data. Um, and I think that I'm just in a position where I'm starting to fundraise for it around that attitude that there's the data to prove it. Um, there's been this constant lumping of this community into the same space to provide services. There's not been enough visibility for the transgender and non-binary experience within that space. Um, and there's been trauma, some really serious community trauma that's been experienced um, because of that. And, yeah. um, you know, that's another space that for me, I, I, I've got to be in this position to be able to say that because of the body that I'm in and the privilege that right. I have to really learn and look at all of those institutions and be a part of all of those institutions and say, I'm at the table um, yeah. and this isn't working. And... Hmm we need to do something different. We need to, we need to say that this is not okay. Right. Um, and that's really got me to the space of knowing that the, 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 the change needs to come from a private space, a private investment um, where there isn't uh, trans and non-binary people held to the accountability of institutions that have historically failed them. Um, so, yeah. Cool. So tell me where we can find you, follow you, social media, um, any of that? Good question. So you can find me just about on any social media at okay. McGobro. Um, so it's M-C-G-O-B-R-O. Cool. Um, that's across LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Yelp, actually. I just started a Yelp here yeah. in Pittsburgh. I'm pretty lit about it. Yeah. Um, Yelp perks in Pittsburgh are pretty crazy. So, yeah. you know, be, be a Yelper, but be a kind Yelper. You know, it, it pays off. Yeah. Um, so don't be don't be causing problems for people. But um, yeah, across all that, um, 
You can email me at um, uh, Brogan. No, don't email me. Send me a message on Instagram or social media or something. That's the best way to connect with me. Cool. That's probably one of my primary tools for communication um, and getting people engaged and active with stuff. So cool. find me at McGobro. Yeah. And then um, you do you use Cash App for like if people want to send money to do whatever you're doing? Yeah. So I think that um, simple way uh, you can Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, Zelle, um, Facebook, DM me. Yeah. Apple pay me whatever yeah. all at Megobro. So it's all under yeah. the same sort of space. Um, yeah. I, mean, I think it. I saw something one day and I was like, hey, here's five bucks. Like, yeah, it's amazing. And yeah. I think that, you know, it's really important for me, you know, to be able to have those kind of really simple ways for people right. to help because like, yeah. this is a multi-institutional, multilateral effort. Like this is right. not, uh, I, I, please, <laughs> in any possible way, <laughs> right. it's going to, it's going to benefit it. So that's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Handshake. Yeah, great. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks so much. You've been watching Thoughtful Discussions with Josh Snyder.